All right, it's five minutes after 11. You're listening to News from the Drug War Front with uh, Jeff, Marion and Sam. And uh, Sam, I just thought we'd uh, clear up just a couple of other uh, details about the um, Reach, Teach, Treat yeah. um, program. The, the time's on the Wednesday again and how to organise to make an appointment. Yeah, so the doctor is at Karma from 10 to 12 on a Wednesday and there's a nurse practitioner at Hep ACT 1 to 5 on the same day. Um, the, the Nick, the nurse over at Hepatitis ACT, is a really nice guy as well. Um, really easy to talk to, really approachable. Um, and then, so you just call, make an appointment so we know you're coming. That's, um, what, ca- that's what matters. Yeah. It? So, so 6253 is Karma's telephone number. Hepatitis ACT is John you speak to on yep. 62306344. Make an appointment because that way the doctor can be there and be ready for you. Um, so make an appointment with Sam at Karma or John at Hepatitis ACT on the numbers I gave you, and we'll repeat them again later. Make an appointment with Nick, the Sam practitioner, or John at Hep ACT, and you can see the nurse practitioner um, between one and five. Yep. And you can be tested. Um, and speak to Nick about what's going on or to John about what's going on with you, why you think you might have hep C, etc. and find out and be paid for it. Same with Sam at Karma. Um, who, and then you can see the doctor. Be, but make an appointment in both places. See Sam, 10 to 12, and that's when the doctor will be there and you can have your blood taken and be tested. Yeah. Hepatitis C. And then if you're comfortable with it as well, at the end of every month, we hold the, the peer support groups that you come and, and everyone any, everyone everyone involved in the project will come and meet, um, talk about our experiences, how the, how the treatment's going. and um, So you know, you're reviewing how the program's yeah, being run as and, well and as just support how each people other are through feeling. It, you know, yeah. Talk, yeah. yeah, what's That's good what about it, what's bad about it, what, what do you guys need, you know, do you need any more support, you know, we can, we can call you, you know, outside if you need that support or yeah. um, and, and just work through it together as a group and I think it's really important to build, to build community bonds outside of the group as well, you know, so that way you, you might call someone that's in, in the workshop with you and say, hey man, how are you doing, you know, like yeah. I'm struggling with this and, you know, I'm not having any side effects, what about you and, and just really, you know, build some friendships over there as well. So And, and that way you're actually reviewing the project too Absolutely. and the program, finding out exactly how people are going, whether... My friend in, in uh, Belconnen, for instance, actually had hep C and that's the reason why she's been losing weight mm. and not feeling well and feeling lethargic and looking a bit depressed. Is that what happened? Yeah. Um, and so you're expecting there would be, th- what, three or four monthly meetings? Uh, so there's three workshops once a month. Okay. So and and that's that's how long the treatment is now. You know, yeah, yeah, eight yeah. To 12 that's weeks, prob- so you're it's in, appropriate you're, to yeah. do that. Yeah. But we're doing a rolling intake as well because we understand that people's lives are, are complicated these days. You know. Yeah. Um, you don't have to start right at the very beginning of the three months to get in on it. Yeah. You can just call, come, get the test. Um, we'll pay you for the test. We'll pay you for uh, starting treatment. Um, and then you come to the workshop, where, wherever stage you're at, and you can just roll into okay. it. You know? The benefit of that is there's already a group of people there that yes. can tell you, hey, man, this is really good. You know, like this, yeah, yeah. this treatment is painless. You're really going to like this. Um, yeah. And look can, how I feel compared with last absolutely. month. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And you That's can right. feel like this too. Yep. And, and we'll pay you for coming for the, you know, for the yep. support group as well. So it's, it ticks um, all boxes, doesn't absolutely it? Absolutely it does. I, I think it's an amazing... Um, 
an amazing initiative. Uh, project. Yeah. yeah, initiative. It's it's a step forward for everyone. It's a it's a move forward for the community for peers. Uh, it's just amazing. How long is the project going for, Sam? Do you uh, know? For the next nine months. Next nine months. Yep. Okay. Yep. I think it could form a template for. Reoccurring, yeah. I, I think if if it goes as well as we think it will, it could be uh, continuous. Yeah, that's my hope anyway. Yeah, um, and I would really love to be involved with that because I think it's it's a really rewarding experience to be able to to improve um, people's quality of life as much as I know that this medication will and how painless it is. Like, so um, you'll be evaluating the project, yeah. Yeah, constantly, constantly editing and updating. Terrific. Um, yeah. That way, it's always you know the the first group of guys will be also pioneers as well people. you know mm. so, yeah 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 <laughs> the first the first people will also be contributing in in the sense that we'll um make it work for them and that will build it for the next group so the, these yeah. first that's these really first good couple idea. Of months is really important and they're they're really valuable uh additions to the to the community and the project and they can tell their um, cohort of friends and peers yeah. that yeah. Um, it's and nothing like the old. That's how they can recruit. That's yeah? the peer, the power of the peer, you know. Is, is Absolutely, and that's why it's such a successful model. But Absolutely. I think once once word of mouth um, about how uh, successful the program is and how just it's chalk and cheese, the difference between the old treatments and the new direct-acting antivirals, people will um, finally uh, blow apart the old myths. Absolutely. Of, which are so damaging, so damaging. Well, I think it's preventing a lot of people from stepping up because they're just not sure that it can be as good as people are telling it, them. Yeah. It must be that, Jeffrey. It must be the lack of information. I can't see how people would stay away from the D8, those direct-acting antiretrovirals if they are that good. It, it must be because they don't know. Because I've seen the effect on people and it's miraculous. But... The lack of trust in the sources of communication yep. is a really big part of peer education, isn't it? Isn't that why we do peer education these days? Is because you can trust the source. Well, they always said about the interferon, oh, it's very little side effects, you know. And, and oh, look what, yeah, that's because uh, they weren't taking it. Yeah. Whoever was, having, <laughs> was providing the info wasn't taking the drugs. And, yeah? and, and the result is now that when, when they come out this time and say, hey, this new DAA is side effects less they go oh yeah we've heard that sure, one before, yeah. You know? so yeah. as you said i think the power of having like your peers in the group to say this really worked for me and also us and preventing the new facts from someone who's not in a suit and going oh you know trust us again yeah, yeah. please yeah you know? please yeah um, please well decades of experience of um drug users with health authorities and it's not great it, it's, it's not great not to it's, trust. Not, it's not a high degree of confidence that yep. what no. they're being told is accurate or um, yeah, believable. And not only that, but just as a human being, you look over the past 12 months, Jeffrey, or Sam, you look at the past 12 months, how much can we trust government to, to tell us what's the truth when what they do is they give us a promise and they say, oh, no, sorry, and they don't even tell us that they're going to take it back, that no, target's off, not going to do that anymore, they'll send out a text. I... Sorry, I don't trust them. I'm pretty sceptical as well. Yeah, yeah. And this is people's lives you're dealing with, you know, mm. their That's health, right. their lives. And the, hepatitis C is definitely someone's life. Absolutely. As you said, the fatigue, the appetite, the depression. There must know. be a lousy worker too, yeah? They must not be putting much into their work if they are feeling so unwell. Yep. So being able to get feel better, be able to contribute more, you, would make you a better employee, yeah? 
Yeah, and that's where you start talking about the benefits on the the non-peer community, you know, the government sector and, yes. and employees. Everybody, everybody wins. How can they not see that? You yes. Know? Like, um, so the promotion is really important. Absolutely. And, and that's the damage done by, um, you know, the previous treatment. It's, the, it's, it's affected yeah. the whole community, everyone, peers, non-peers, the whole lot. Uh, and it's, it's it's a miracle that this new treatment is out because it's, it, as you said, it's chalk and cheese. It's it's nothing the same, and it's it's the new generation. Absolutely, and it would be a um, it, it'd be just uh, terribly sad if people fail to take advantage of this opportunity. It's on the PBS. Ninety five percent success rate. Ninety five percent cure rate. You're yep. going to feel heaps better. You're not going to progress to potentially, you know fatal um, liver disease or cancer, which is not a nice way to die, by the way. I've seen people um, in oh, hospital with liver cancer. I have it's, seen people with liver cancer and it's not a pretty it's sight. It's not a pretty sight. And, and particularly injecting drug users, Jeffrey. yeah. It's it's killed a lot of members uh, of our community Indeed over the it years. Has, yeah. And, and now, in fact, they die in pain because they do not get their pain managed mm, appropriately. That's another issue. Yeah? It a, is yeah. another issue that we're constantly on about. But uh, the, the good news is um, help us at hand and yes. um, Wednesday is the day to get the blood test done. Yep. Uh, you get a payment for it. You'll find out whether you're hep C positive or not. And if you are, there's a process to help you with peers at every step of the way. Um, I just think it's a tremendous uh, initiative and I think... It's fabulous. Congratulations to all involved, really. It sounds great and it's can be nothing but a good outcome, even if it's a good outcome for one person. It was worth it. And that just, it is worth it. But Absolutely. it can just start things rolling. So listen, everybody, just get in touch with HEP, HEP ACT or Karma, John at HEP ACT on 62306344, Sam on Wednesdays, again, 62533643 at Karma. Get in touch with Sam or John make an appointment, go in, get treated, get tested, sorry, get paid, eat, and then if you're hep C positive, get treated. But make an appointment and get your blood taken first. That's the first thing you have to do. Get in touch with Sam or John, get the information that you need. These direct-acting antiretrovirals are massive. They're great for you, 12 weeks tops. Is your treatment regime, yeah? No side effects from what we know. 95% success rate and you're cured. I mean, we've said every week, I think I've said every week, your liver is basically available for donation. I mean, that's how good it is. They do not take um, organs from people to put into other people's body unless they are immaculate. So if your your liver is in a good enough condition to donate to somebody else, that means you're cured, honey. It's gone. Yeah, these treatments are truly they remarkable. They are wonderful. And the, um, the liver's really forgiving as well, you know. Like yeah. it, it, it will regenerate. And that, and that's another important reason to, to get on top of it before it reaches cirrhosis. Yes. Once you reach cirrhosis, then it's, it's almost... You, you, it cannot you forgive. Go, you can't go yeah. back. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like the unforgivable sin, you know. Yeah. Like once you get there, it's no going back. But any point previous to that, it will regenerate. So... It's, it, there is no better time than now to come in and, and, and get on top so of that. The for, sooner for you the find other, out, the better. For yes. all the other reasons we discussed, but for that as well, you know. As, Sam, I forgot to ask, how long does it take to f- get the blood test results? Is that 
Uh, you can come in the next Wednesday. Oh, okay. So yeah. a week. Yeah. Oh, that's right. awesome. And and there's not mm, so many blood tests with this either as well. Now they've advanced the, the, even the, the testing way. Like there's not a test for the... the genotype. Genotype. No, the, yeah. they have pangenotypical uh, medication now. Oh, so okay. wow. it, it doesn't matter what genotype you got. We've got a med for it. So people who don't know what genotype is... That means the the kind the, yeah, of the, hep C you've got yeah. because there are a variety of yeah. viruses. There aren't used there? to be a couple that were a little bit harder to deal with, and and the Hard, treatment yeah. was a bit rougher with the interferon with those particular ones. It doesn't matter anymore. So um, the DAAs are, that means that crosses all types. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Excellent. Yep. And and they can do the RNA test and the the antibody test with the same blood test now. So it's not two blood tests there either. Fabulous. Like, That's even better. Everything yeah. is Taking so much Taking one lot easier. of blood. Yeah. Yep, for the whole box yeah. of wow. dice until the end of your treatment. Yeah. That's excellent. It, I think that it, should it be very any, exciting. Yeah. I think there's no reason not to get on board. Oh, absolutely. With the, with the simplicity that it's running now, with the support and then, uh, you know, on top the incentivized, I think it's about 240 or $260 by the time you get to the end of the treatment. Um, that's that's what it is, you that's know. That's fabulous. Nice. Yeah. If any of, any of this is not clear to a listener... Please ring Sam or Just John call, yep. at Karma or at Hebsa. Get in touch with us at the radio show. We will refer you to Sam or John or we will give you their contact numbers whenever it is. Or if you can't remember stuff, um, there are flyers at the Needle Exchange Program and at the Hepsa Council and at Karma. So you can always get the information. All you have to do is ring the central lines and ask for John at Hep- ACT or Sam at Karma and they will make an appointment with you and you can find out all about it. Yep. Don't think just because you didn't do it today, you can't do it because you can always line up. Yeah, yep. Ongoing well, recruitment. We, love for this. It's nine months it. even just yep. already. That's great. Agreed. So up until yep. at least the end of the year, until Christmas. Yep. No, so now's the time for recruiting. action. Yep. And as someone, who, as I said before, who's seen close friends um, pass through... Um, liver cancer, uh, you just it's, don't want to leave it till no, you get anywhere near no, that stage no. and we have the means to um, Don't Don't cure. let us have to watch any more friends die. No. From, we don't need to. It's it's not a pretty sight. Um, one last thing, Sam, I want to mention. I, I, I've always wondered um, possible ways of actually communicating to more people uh, whether you could do little um, short videos of people who have been through the treatment who were happy to... Um, you know, be recorded telling their story, even that, the, from the back of their head. Yeah, it doesn't have but to just be. Or, put it on the put it on the net or on, like a or on the Karma like website, website or something. Just yeah, because it's mm. that information from someone who has been through the yeah. treat, That's treatments. That's what's potent, isn't Absolutely. it? Yeah. we can talk about it, but I haven't been through the treatments. I'd, it would be really it's important to hear from people like you, mm. even if you did a little promotion on a. A podcast of some sort or on the website, yeah, just to advertise the program. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, do the yeah. back of your head. I anyway, think it's sure a great you, idea. Jeffrey. Yeah, more avenues is better, you know. Isn't absolutely. Um, I'm sure this would be part of the whole evaluation of the project, yeah. and the more people we can reach, the better but, it is. And yeah, and, and you can do it as you go. You evaluate and improve the program. You've got nine months to improve it yeah. anyway, and that's the whole point of the program yeah. is to do it and get better every every week, if you like. Yeah. Yeah, and there's, as I said, there's different people accessing different forms of media, you know. So yes. that's probably a good yep. idea because the younger people the will stri- have the, the social media. The mouth isn't yeah. always the only way, you know. Mm. That's one cohort of people, and then there's the social media, and then there's 
Facebook and then there's the radio and all these people are obviously, you know, uh, accessing media through a different avenue. Well, so that's a good there point. There are young people who don't idea. have radios. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. They, they just look at the social media. They look at their phones. That's where they get their information from. Yeah. There are older people, not exclusively, who don't have telephones that get the social media, but they'll be listening to the radio. Yeah. <laughs> so we're just saying, you know, yeah, listen to it. Tell your friends. Spread because word. word of mouth is yeah. as potent as the radio or as the telephone yep. um, or as the social media, so person to person or in a broadcast manner, the way that we do it. It doesn't matter. Tell people, tell your friends. Even if you personally don't want to get involved with hep C treatment, maybe your friends do. Just talk about it with them. They don't have to tell you whether they want to use it or not. But get them to get in touch with Karma or Hep ACT. Make an appointment, get tested for some treatment, get paid, feed, get fed, <laughs> be yeah, looked yeah. after, be supported. No, I think it's a brilliant program and just, yeah, congratulations to everyone yeah. involved um, from Karma and Hepatitis ACT. Let's go to a song. Let's uh, do that. Peter Tosh, Legalise It. Yep. Thank you, Sam. That was Thanks, awesome. Sam. That's yeah. great. Thanks for coming in. All right, that was Peter Tosh and uh, Legalise It. Okay, yeah, it's mm. 27 minutes after 11. Um, just want to thank Sam again for... Uh, Coming in and telling us about the program. Yeah, it's a really it's... exciting program, a combined program of HEP, count, HEP ACT and Karma, yep. I think it's going to be massive and we'll too, yeah. um, update it every um, week on the radio show with, you know, just to remind people and yeah, spread the word. Because yep. yeah. I think word of mouth is the way that it's going to work, you know. Yeah. Um, Anyway. So we'll tell you every week what's yeah. going on anyway. We'll keep you in the loop as to so. how the um, Reach, Teach and Treat program going. is going, but it's very exciting. Okay, I thought to do a story. Um, it's a review into paracetamol, which, of course, since um, uh, over-the-counter codeine um, was Gone no longer available. It's been yeah. pulled back, yeah. A lot of people uh, will be probably taking more paracetamol than they used to. Anyway, this review has evidently raised big questions about what is now the go-to painkiller. This mm. is by John Elder from the newdaily.com.au, April the 5th. Mm. One of the authors of a new review into the effectiveness of paracetamol has told the, the New Daily that the widely used painkiller would not be approved if it were brought to market today. Mm. Hmm. Paracetamol is now Australia's go-to drug for pain relief and is routinely um, used for many childhood ailments and post-operative pain. But the University of Sydney Review found there is no good evidence that the drug is actually effective against many ailments. Professor Chris Maas, senior author of the report, um, said there was no evidence that paracetamol worked any better than a placebo for treating most ailments, even a sore throat. Professor Maas said the evidence as to the drug's efficacy in most applications was so poor that it would not even be approved by the Therapeutic Goods Administration if it came on the market today. That's obscene, isn't it? It's, it's, I'm surprised it's as bad as a picture as, as it seems to be. Paracetamol has been available in Australia since back in 1956. Quote, it came into use before the current, uh, even before the current regulatory uh, framework, said Professor Ma. Mm. What did the study find? This systematic review investigated 36 studies involving more than 19,000 participants. Out of 44 different pain conditions routinely treated by paracetamol, paracetamol, only four were found to be backed up by strong evidence that the drug relieved pain. These were, these are the ones it was effective for, knee and hip osteoarthritis, tension headache, 
perineal pain after childbirth and craniotomy where a section of bone is removed from the skull to accommodate the swelling of the brain. At the other end, the evidence was of low quality or inconclusive as to whether paracetamol relieved pain for common complaints such as people recovering from most surgeries, including dental procedures, common cold-related aches in the body or headache or sore throats, migraine, cancer pain, rheumatoid arthritis, which is what I've been told to take it for, and middle ear infection in children. However, as found in previous research, there is strong evidence that paracetamol doesn't relieve acute back pain. Okay, next heading is more studies needed. Most news reports have effectively declared the drug is a dud. <laughs> a dud. <laughs> what the researchers from the University of Sydney are actually saying is that they don't know one way or the other. Quote, we're not saying that the drug is ineffective. What we're saying is that for the majority of pain conditions, we simply lack definitive evidence to know whether it does or does not work, the researchers said in a statement responding to media coverage. In other words, high-quality studies are needed to establish when paracetamol is useful as an analgesic and when it isn't. Further studies unlikely. Hmm. Professor Ma said it was, quote, highly unlikely paracetamol manufacturers would fund these studies. Of course they wouldn't. Well, they just want things to continue as Absolutely. is under the... Absolutely. It's being it's prescribed for most a whole, a lot pain of things. conditions. Yeah. But this is important to remember. We're talking about pain only. We're not talking about um, its impact on temperature. Not as yet, anyway. This is only so far relating to pain conditions. So that's important to note. Professor Ma said there was a case for government pressure to be applied to drug companies to establish that paracetamol does in fact deliver on its advertised benefits. It uh, should be made clear that the study only investigated pain relief and not fever, as yeah. Marion just said, and that Sorry, the World, he World Health Organisation lists paracetamol as, quote, an essential medicine. And that isn't about to change any time soon. Mm. For the meantime, despite the uncertainty, the researchers advise people to keep taking paracetamol except for back pain because it doesn't work. That's a quote, I might add. Professor Chris Ma said people should, quote, use paracetamol for a brief period of time following the guidance of their pharmacist or GP because you can come into some harm if you take the wrong dose or take it to, for too long. Mm. It has killed people who have taken too much of it. Well, an overdose of anything can kill you. Even oh, too much of anything. Even vitamins. Yeah. Oxygen might be an exception. I was but, always you know, worried, Marion, when they changed um, the regulations for codeine, that people... Would fall would, back to things like parasite, massive doses of parasite, Or neurofern or yes. heaps of aspirin. Well, yes. pretty bad for your liver as well, isn't it? Abs well, a lot of these kidney, things yes. in, your liver, in like, big doses are very bad. Aspirin, aspirin's a... <laughs> It's a blood thinner, yeah. right? Paracetamol has impact on your liver, I think, I and think aspirin so, yeah. has an impact on your stomach. Yeah. So you've got to be really careful about things. And it's not like these things are uh, side effect free completely, or you no. can take as much as you like and, and no problem. Have been. Paracetamol is the substance most frequently involved in overdoses in Australia, and some researchers are calling for access to the drug available in supermarkets and convenience stores to be restricted. Sales of paracetamol have increased more than 75% since the codeine rescheduling decision in 2018. If you are listening, government, 
Since then, it has increased its market share from 44.9% of all packs of over-the-counter analgesics to 60.1%. Wow. That's huge. Professor Ma, that's nearly twice as much, Jeffrey. Professor Ma said there were other treatments for pain that would have been proven to work, including physical and psychological therapies and drug therapies such as non-steroidal steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, that's NSAIDs, which include aspirin and the anti-inflammatory ibuprofen. I think it's interesting that they, uh, you know, the take from that is that if it was being put up for regulation, it for, would get knocked yeah. back. That's really scary, and isn't it? That's, that's really what, scary. This is what blows me out about the newer drugs, Jeffrey, is that they're meant to be run by the TGA. The vaccines in particular are supposed to be run by the TGA. They get approved, but then we go back and find that there is a fatal blood clotting um, side effect that um, impacts particularly under 50s. And so not 50% of the people that get this fatal blood clotting um, side effect die from it. Well, fatal, yeah. Get the blood clotting uh, side effect will die from it. And that's really frightening. But TGA weren't the ones that noticed that. Well, Therapeutic the only, Goods Administration didn't notice We put that. all our eggs in one basket too, I think, was the other interesting Well, and it's lucky aspect. that we didn't put it into the Sinovax or the one from Russia because we <laughs> wouldn't have even heard about the side effects from that. <laughs> yeah. And yet that's what the Philippines are doing. They've got well, all theirs from China. A lot of countries are Germany taking what they can get. Germany from Russia. Yeah. That's the, that's the Euro, you know, Eurovision common market they're getting it. It's crazy. There's some comments uh, from that article. There's a comment by Roy Hives. He said, oh, I guess the drug companies are hoping that their don't ask, don't tell policy will protect them when the truth has them sued for false advertising. Too much to expect an industry that's been caught making false claims to actually act responsibly for the public good. <laughs> well, you know, we're talking about, you know, pharma, the huge pharmaceutical companies and the amount of money they must be making out of this. Comment by Fiona Shearer, codeine worked fine for all my pain, but now I've got no choice but to pop paracetamol and ibuprofen because there's nothing else I'm allowed to use. But she, there's a little face of that that's looking up to the sky, so I'm assuming that she's using something that she's not allowed to use. Well, I, I, I like that face. It, it's impacted a lot of people for whom Codeine Absolutely. was sufficient to well, deal. We had, um, was it Rachel, was the name of the woman from Arth- Arthritis Foundation? Arthritis yeah. Foundation, who it were totally gobsmacked by what happened when they just pulled the plug on codeine and the availability of the morphine based compounds that you can only get in, base, in weekly doses, basically 15 tablets or something. So you have to pick up weekly. It's like. It's becoming harder and harder to access things that. It's becoming for almost impossible to access. If you're in chronic pain, how do you get into your chemist? Um, like a like a person on methadone, Jeffrey. Yeah. Mm. So either improve your treatment of people on methadone, or you know, just behave. Let them, treat people like human beings. People in chronic pain don't treat them like they're junkies, or don't treat junkies like they. Chronic pain is not real. Mm. A comment by Les uh, Peterson. Uh, This is actually very old news. There was a large double-blind research project over 10 years ago that found paracetamol almost completely ineffective as a painkiller and useless for anything else. 
but no one listened. I was in a surgery ward last year and they were offering them as pain relief for everything, pain relief for everything. I told them it didn't work and they said, well, everything else was highly addictive, so it was placebo or nothing. Oh, Jeffrey, wow. we've been through that. Bruce Heath, God. It's interesting that an effective painkiller, codeine, with a relatively high therapeutic toxic dose, dose ratio, 30 milligrams to 1 milligram, and minimal liver toxicity has been made prescription only, while paracetamol with a therapeutic toxic dose ratio of 1 gram to 10 grams, poor pain relief and notable liver toxicity remains over-the-counter OTC. Rescheduling codeine was a mistake. They should have just removed the paracetamol from the OTC formulations. I think that's a far better Mm. And that was said at the time by a lot yeah, of people, I recall. Leave the codeine there and get rid of the paracetamol. That's the one that ki- kills people. Mm. I mean, sure, codeine gives you a bit of constipation, but, you know, you can manage constipation, whereas managing liver toxicity is tricky. Yeah, and I think the outcome is going to be a lot, lot more people presenting with problems. In- indeed, yeah. indeed. And like- I'm sh- Yes, let's have another song. Let's have another song. This is um, Primal Scream. It's a nice up-tempo one. We've played it before. Uh, Moving on up, Primal Scream. All right, that was Primal Scream and Moving on up. It's coming up about uh, 17 minutes to midday. You're listening to News from the Drug War Front with Jeff, Marion and uh, Sam. And uh, just want to thank you again, Sam, for coming in and giving uh, listeners some insight into what is a pretty... Uh, exciting project. Absolutely, not a problem, Jeff. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it as well, not just for us, but for the participants. It's life-changing stuff. Oh, absolutely. I think being cured of hepatitis C is something I, I wouldn't have dreamed possible until it actually, um, those new direct-acting antivirals just got better and better and better and now cross um, genotype or what was the word that you... Pan-genotypical. Pan-genotypical. Yeah. yeah it's pretty... all, all genotypes. Pretty exciting stuff. Absolutely. And I think, um, as you said, that the thinking behind having it um, as a peer education model is what's going to work. Because, I, I mean, I've been involved, oh, it must have been about a year, um, with a group called um, Eliminate Hep C Australia, um, involved with Burnett Institute and many uh, national Zoom meetings with peers from all around Australia and basically saying, you know, we want to listen to peers and we want to get a model that works. And... I just think there's a real difficulty for people that don't understand um, drug users or have had any personal connection. There's, you know, the, the impact of the propaganda from the war on people who use drugs or 60 years of, of negative uh, propaganda has made it very difficult for people to just look at issues dispassionately. Near on impossible unless you're in that community. Yeah, and it colours their... their sort of approach to even, you know, they've got heaps of money to spend as far as I can see and they want to get an advertising agency and I saw some mock-ups of... Yep. It just, it, I, I just thought if, if I was seeing that at a bus stop, it just wouldn't speak to me at all. Whereas the the way this project is being set up is... It's it, where it's at. Yeah, no... It's just like, as you said, you know, they say, oh, we want to listen to peers and we want to make an impact and stuff. And it's like, oh, how, how do you think you're going to do it? You know, like they, they, as you said, they have no connection to the community. They have no connection to the peer. They don't understand how it works. Therefore, we are the only people that 
that are within that circle, you know, and, and there's and there's trust there. So there's there's no one better to approach it than us. Like, and you'd think that people in the research community, or in, you know, these are people highly educated, would even just look back at what succeeded in the response to HIV/AIDS back in the eighties. The government spoke to affected communities, affected key populations, you know, gay men, sex workers, injecting drug users, and said, "What's going to work and resonate with your community?" to prevent transmission of HIV. And yep. it worked. It... And, and you think, as you said, scientists and people are, like, are, are stats-based. You know, they're facts-based. So as you said, let's look at what's worked and let's back it again. Seems obvious to me, but... Um... I think a lot of things seem obvious to us, but, you know, not so much. Well, and, and that's the issue with being outside of the circle. You know, like, you know, we say, look, guys, this is going to work. And go, oh, no, 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 it might, it might not. What about this? And we say, no, we're telling you, this will work. Nope. And especially as the government has had an eliminate hep C goal officially stated as public, you know, fed, federal government policy, well, start doing something that, you know, works. That actually works. That actually yeah. works, yeah. But, but it's happening, you know. So. Yeah. All right, that was uh, Everlast and What It's Like, and we're into the home stretch of this week's news from the drug war front. And just want to mention there's a celebration coming up um, the 20th uh, anniversary of the opening of the Medically Supervised Injecting Centre mm, in King's 6th Cross. 6th of May. 6th of May 2001. It opened up. It says over the past two decades, they've proudly served thousands of people from their local community. As the first service of its kind in the Southern Hemisphere and the English-speaking world, our pioneer—that's in the Southern Hemisphere of the English-speaking world—their pioneering facility continues to provide life-changing care and to advocate for sensible law reform. There, we are invited to join them as they celebrate M6's remarkable achievements over 20 years of continuous service and care. And this is May the sixth, Thursday, May the sixth. 1.15 to 2.30pm, obviously in Sydney, at St Stephen's Uniting Church, 197 Macquarie Street, Sydney, New South Wales, 2000. So we'd really like to congratulate um, M620, them on their 20th anniversary because it's a fabulous service. Absolutely. Um, and it's finally being taken up around the country 